Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30. Good afternoon. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded, or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I am David Haw from the Mullane Haw Show on 6-7 to score. Dan Readers from the Chicago Tribune covers the Bears. He's at Hallis Hall. Day one of the mandatory mini camp. All players required to be there. All players, according to Matt Eberflus, did attend day one of the mini camp. Dan, before we get to kind of who said what at the podium and who we heard from that we haven't yet, what was your overall impression seeing practice on day one of mini camp? Yeah, a few things, David. Obviously, some persistent rain here in the north suburbs forced practice indoors to the Walter Payton Center. So they had to kind of adapt a little bit on the fly and go inside and try to get some things squeezed out of what they were trying to do with their passing game today. Um, you know, I'll say one, one thing. There was a, a just a, a small team period at the start of practice where Justin Fields threw a route on air to Robert Tunyon and then just did a sprint from the 50 to the goal line. And it was one of those moments where you just reminded at what that speed looks like up close. And it's it just so like track star out of the gates, explosive and bursting. And you go, oh yeah, 
Okay, this is up my June reminder that Justin Fields is still absolutely one of the most athletically gifted people that is on this football field right now. Justin also made a couple of deep throws today that were truly impressive. There was one up the right sideline to Dante Pettis that was an absolute dime where you say, man, you can get that consistently once a quarter, those types of gains. Now all of a sudden you're seeing the growth of a quarterback. At the same time, David, through the OTAs and today's minicamp practice, there are times in seven on seven where you're just you're you're feeling restless because the ball is still in Justin Fields' hands. And in seven on seven, it's just process and throw, process and throw, process and throw. And there's too many times where it's a little bit inconsistent in terms of the, the speed with which the ball is getting out. Just something that we'll keep an eye on when we get further into training camp. But, but obviously, when we focus on the quarterback, there's a handful of things with my own eyes today that I saw that tell you there's a lot here and there's a lot still to work on. You wrote a great column in the Chicago Tribune Sunday edition, the print version, also on chicagotribune.com for people that want to backtrack and read it um, about the development and evolution of Justin Fields. And I think this is an ongoing conversation. It's one of the hottest topics in Chicago, whether it's June or October. So in that context, when you see what things are being emphasized, when you see things that your own eyes are telling you, Anything in terms of that progress, anything in terms of the rhythm, the timing, all the buzzwords that we hear this time of year that you saw today? Well, you want to see more of the rhythm and timing for sure. And and really, for me, the litmus test on some of the things that we're really focused in on with Justin, which is when to run, right? That's been a, a major, major training point of Matt Eberflus, of Luke Getze, of Andrew Janoko, and every coach in this building of getting him to understand the situational need to run and when to when to use his legs as a gift and when to rely on other things. That is going to be tested much more in a training camp setting when when obviously when the pads come on, but even when they get to doing some more things, um, you know, offensively that, that will test that in, in those settings. Obviously, again, we've talked about those crossover practices in Indianapolis. That's going to be a great little setting, you know, for, for three days to see where that goes against a, a, another opponent. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, there was some leakage on the offensive line today. Off, also, David, as well. Uh, you know, one of the guys that really impressed today is Terrell Smith, uh, who's an edge rusher. Um, who showed some flashes today, but some of those flashes were at the expense of Darnell Wright. And so you don't want your rookie first round pick playing right tackle to get beat as badly as he did on occasion. Uh, and so it's always one of those bears win, bears lose on every single rep. And you just got to decide the magnitude of those things. So really quick, just to distinguish what you mean and, and maybe like uh, put a little bit more of a finer point on it because there aren't pads. Are you talking about quickness off the ball? Are you talking about Darnell Wright maybe being a little bit slow to react? I mean, when you say that he lost a one-on-one -on -one battle, I think that I understand what you're talking about, but for people who might not understand like exactly how you can do that when you're not using pads, what do you mean? Yeah, well, right. And you have to take all that into account because you're not at, at uh, the advantage of being able to use your physicality the way you would in a real live game. At the same time, when you're in an 11 on 11 team setting uh, situationally at the end of practice and the offense is trying to move the ball and the quarterback takes the snap and there's someone on top of his head within a second and a half, you know, someone has failed and you look up and you say, OK, he came right around that right edge and wasn't really deterred. And it disrupted the entire practice rep, disrupted the entire play. Those catch your eyes. And again, it, it, does it catch your eyes in the way where you say, oh, hey, a team that needs an extra sure may just have one in the building. You know, a guy who's a veteran that's got some potential in him and is looking for a, a fresh start who makes that. Or do you say, oh, boy, that's a, a sign of some rookie growing pains that you may have to endure as a guy with a, a lot of potential tries to get his feet under him and really understand what the speed and the reaction time, to your point, the reaction time of the NFL game is all about.
Okay, a couple quick lineup questions before we get to the podium. Offensive line, the rotation at center, obviously Lucas Patrick, Cody Whitehair, both got a look today, but there is no competition there, or is there, Dan, for the starting center? I mean, Cody Whitehair is your is your number one center, and you obviously you are getting Lucas Patrick reps there in case he needs to get reps there, in case Cody Whitehair gets hurt, in case there's a, a reshuffling elsewhere in the offensive line at some point that may force Cody to go elsewhere. So you're always just getting guys practice reps, but I don't read into that any more than uh, you should. In the backfield, I was curious about how they're going to find carries for three guys that they really kind of like. You're not going to know until preseason how this is all going to shake down, but who took the first snap with the ones for the for the yeah. running back. I mean, Khalil Herbert is your penciled in one right now. And then that's all going to be very fluid and and subject to evolve on an everyday basis, really, as we get into the meat of, of August, when, when things start to really become um, more purposeful, I guess, when you're trying to figure out who's going to be a part of your opening day uh, rotation, right? And, and what that's going to look like. Um, so yeah, that, that that's one to look at as well. Uh, another guy that I point out defensively who has come along in both um, Eddie Jackson and Matty who's talked about after practice corner uh had dropped from not only his coaches but the defenders around him when you've got a guy coming in and eddie jackson compared him to jaquan brisker in terms of his mentality his his um unwillingness to see himself as a rookie his competitive confidence as matt eberflus described it to just get out on the field and use his skills to the best of his ability he's clearly made an impression early and looks like he's in line to to obviously be one of those three starting corners when we get to week one when you look at the defensive front, uh, the defensive tackle position certainly is in by design is going to come at you in waves, as they say. The edge rushers, I still wonder if they the number one edge rusher is on this roster yet. I think you got to keep an eye on Daniel yeah. Hunter getting cut in Minnesota. Frank Clark goes to the Broncos on a one-year deal the Bears probably could have afforded but didn't. How is the defensive line shaping up in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it still needs to be shaping up. I think, as we've talked about, you haven't added anything personnel-wise in in months, and you obviously got Demarcus Walker in on a free agent deal. Uh, we just talked about Terrell Smith a couple minutes ago. Dominique Robinson had a couple uh, uh, nice reps today that that you know you see and you go, okay, there's the flashes that we talk about. Now, how do we make that? more consistent. And I would say that Javon Dexter today also a few times uh, with that whole concept of denting the pocket and some of the things that they ask from their interior linemen showed you what athleticism and power look like at a, a high level. Now it's all about learning the game, learning to apply your strength, learning to, to use your gifts against the most gifted people physically <laughs> in the world, you know, and so he's going to have to, to learn to do that. Um, and again, without pads, you, you take all of the, the, the interior work on the offensive line, defensive lines, and, and you, you take it with a grain of salt because you know that this isn't real football. Um, but certainly there's some things there to, to at least make a note of and, and check back on when we get into training camp. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now i have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show players managers gms and yes even the commissioner of baseball rob manfred it has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether it's minicamp or week seven, one of the greatest abilities in the NFL is availability. Uh. Let's go back to the offense. Chase Claypool did not practice. More soft (laughs) tissue talk. I don't like soft tissue talk, whether it's June or October, Dan. What's the deal? Yeah. So third consecutive week that Chase Claypool hasn't been on the practice field. And David, we heard a couple of weeks ago that he was dealing with a soft tissue issue. Today, Matt Eberflus referred to it as, quote unquote, a few things. A few things is plural. That is multiple. They're still kind of framing it as as minor, but I know that I sat up straight in my chair when Matt Eberflus volunteered a few things, as if to say it's not just the one thing anymore, and we're working through this and hopeful that Chase Claypool can be on the field uh, when they get to training camp. And, and and he was also pressed about the status of Darnell Mooney and, and definitely did not give any indication that Darnell Mooney has been able to do any sort of uh, on grass running at this point, which is again, uh, uh, one of those things that you don't pull, pull an alarm on, but you certainly say, okay, I'm going to set my expectations accordingly. You know, my rules with injuries. I need to see it with my own eyes before I believe that, that someone is close to returning to full strength. I mean, on the one hand, obviously you see we're three months from the opener. We're three months from the first game that the bears play that counts. So you have to keep that into perspective. On the other, you, you know, football sports is all about habits and trends. And when you have somebody that you have high expectations for in Claypool yes. and you have somebody with his injury history, you do start to worry about these things becoming more of a trend or a pattern that you really, you know, don't like to see. Well, and they've talked so strongly internally inside the building here at Hellas Hall about the need for Chase Claypool to develop that rapport with Justin Fields. And that's a rapport uh, that's not just being friends when you sit down in meetings. It's it's where are you going to be on this route? When are you going to be there? How are you going to turn your hips when I throw the ball? Where do I need to place the ball so it's most comfortable for you? There's a lot of things here in a quarterback-receiver relationship that need to be worked on in live action. And when you forfeit three weeks of the summer program, now again, you're playing catch-up when you get to training camp. 
if you get to training camp, you know, if you're if you're cleared for that first week of practice, Chase Claypool has probably the biggest question mark potentially on this roster hanging above his head right now. And he's got to remove that at some point. You know, it's got to be replaced with a different <laughs> punctuation. And, and, and right now um, we're just asking a lot of questions about Chase Claypool and, and we don't have many answers. So when you look at uh, back to the offensive line, Nate Davis is here. Nate Davis spoke. Nate Davis was finally available, accessible. How do you uh, – what kind of impression did he make on you? Because he is a guy who, you know, created a, quite a stir by his absence during the voluntary portions of OTAs. Now he has to be here, and he did show up. What did he have to say? Enjoyable guy to talk to, David, for sure. Certainly uh, willing and engaged in the conversation, which is always fun from our standpoint. He said that the, the reason he was away he was just tending to his normal routine. Didn't seem very phased by the idea that he had signed a huge contract with a new team and just felt like, hey, you know, I missed a couple of weeks. I had some things to, to take care of off the field. He wouldn't specify what those were. Um, but, you know, said he was back, obviously, for, for OTA week three, which we saw with our own eyes last week. And the one day we were able to be out here uh, practicing again this week. And so he feels like he'll be able to catch up pretty quickly. He feels like he brings a lot to that offensive line. They feel like the gel of that offensive line will be able to kind of uh, really um, escalate when they get to training camp. And especially if you've got your core five ready to go, uh, which it seems like it's, it's likely at this point. Really nice to see Tevin Jenkins on the practice field every single day, right? We know that that one of the biggest questions about him is can, how long will he stay there? Um, and so his availability also is is helpful to the interior of that line when you talk about Nate Davis, Cody Whitehair, and Tevin Jenkins being guys that are going to have to keep Justin uh, comfortable in a pocket in a year where we're working on Justin's pocket presence improving. How important or significant is it that Nate Davis, a veteran, a guy who has been around the block, is lining up next to a right tackle who hasn't, a first-round draft pick who you want to groom and develop and, and have those good habits, and now he does have – I mean, I think there's a difference when we talk about why the Bears have initially, you know, wouldn't they want to move somebody into left guard and, and, and a free agent guy and keep Tevin Jenkins at right guard. I wonder if part of their thought process was Nate Davis has played well at right guard. Let's leave him there. And, oh, by the way – he can help the new right tackle that we're having here as a, as a mentor, if you will. Well, I, I think back immediately when you asked that question to my first season on the beat in 2013, when the Bears went to opening day with two rookie starters on the offensive line and Jordan Mills and Kyle Long, and the way those guys talked about Matt Slauson and Jermon Bushrod and the resource that those guys were for the two of them and just one, just feeling like your head wasn't spinning out of control, two, simplifying things and being like, look, there's a lot more to learn, but you don't have to learn it all today. You know, so master one thing today and move on to the next day. And so if Darnell Wright can use Nate Davis in any way, shape, or form to be a sounding board, to be a guy to ask questions to, to be a guy who you can emulate in certain situations, it's very valuable, you know, and it is significant. And, and now it's all about just, just getting yourself up to speed to where you go to the starting gate week one, feeling comfortable, feeling confident that you're ready to, to, to start because this league doesn't wait around for anybody, particularly at, at those positions where you're going to be exposed when you make mistakes. And so Darnell Wright needs to, to understand that and he needs to use every resource he has to, to, to accelerate his development. So let's switch sides of the ball. Let's go from Nate Davison being uh, very professional at the podium, explaining why he wasn't there, to Justin Jones, <laughs> who who had a little fun at the Packers fan expense, and, and people will eat that up in Chicago. But he certainly has said some things uh, at the podium on the first day of minicamp that will be brought back whenever they play the Packers on opening the first game of the season. 
Justin Jones, entertaining guy, fun guy to cover. <laughs> What'd you make of what he had to say today about Packer fans? Look, you like a good aside, and it's clear that friend of the podcast, Patrick Finley, is working on a story about the new landscape of the NFC North because he's been asking for three weeks these questions to players on what is it like to be in the new look NFC North without Aaron Rodgers. And Justin Jones took that as his opportunity to uh, take a little side route and, and, and refer to Packers fans as shitty, <laughs> David, and, and, and then was followed up uh, with, with what makes them shitty and gave a, an answer and saying, look, like the, the Razzny before the game, there hasn't been any plays uh, run yet, and, and, and they're talking junk the whole time, and he just felt like they didn't know football. But it, it really it, nice fuel for social media, fuel for the fire of this rivalry, fuel uh, at a time where Justin Jones said he wishes Aaron Rodgers was still around because he felt like there was some payback. He was only here one year, David. He didn't have to live. 15 years of like, like most people in Chicago have had to. And it clearly left uh, a mark on him that Aaron Rodgers beat the bears twice last year and did so in a way that that stung a little bit and said, he wished he was still here, but he's not. Now it's time to turn his ire towards Packers fans, obviously. And so the best way to turn his ire towards Packers fans, as he noted at the end of the press conference was to beat them at Lambeau field next year and to hear the booze <laughs> as the bears are celebrating a win in Lambeau field, which as you and I both know, it's not very often you leave that beautiful press box up there uh, with the bears celebrating a victory. Is that out of character for Justin Jones to be that candid like no. that or no, no. That's pretty much within his personality. He, 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 Justin Jones was one of my favorite guys last year because he is one of those straight shooters. He is one of those guys that when you go talk to him, he's going to tell you how he feels. He doesn't care how it's interpreted. He doesn't care how it's misconstrued. He doesn't care care what PFT headline he creates, which is obviously going to happen when you drop a soundbite like that. Uh, he's just going to tell you how he feels, and and it's refreshing. Uh, that's obviously a way he feels. And he also had a lot of things to say also about the kind of the state of the defense and 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 the hunger, I guess, that, that guys right now are feeling from this current unit, which Eddie Jackson also spoke to. And Eddie's have been here uh, for a long time now. This will be year seven for Eddie Jackson. He's lived through a lot of different versions of Chicago Bears defense. He's really... Um, impressed by the energy of this group but yeah justin spoke about that also so eddie jackson back on the field eddie jackson you said year seven yeah crazy coming, to think about right it, I, it really is remember remember that first game in carolina the breakthrough game when he had the two touchdowns the two defensive touchdowns and it was like whoa we we, we got something here he's been here a very long time now and i wonder uh, not only because of the age but because of the injury history when he's on the field, are you holding your breath? What does he look like and how concerned is he that he, you know, is fully healed from this latest injury? Well, I was excited to see him working into to team stuff today because sometimes, you, you you know, they're going to take a cautious route. And you're going to try to get a guy ready for, for training camp and you can work him into OTAs and mini camp. But you're just doing some light stuff to make sure they're doing OK. Um, Eddie is energized and he understands what being a year seven veteran in the league means it means you don't have a day to waste it means you're grateful for every opportunity you have and i know he feels very fortunate to have avoided the surgery last year you know and, and getting four to six weeks out from that injury and hearing from his doctors that it's healing well and you're probably not going to have to go go in for that procedure was a, a relief to him and he knows right now david the, 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 where this team is you know this is a team coming off a three and 14 year this is a team that once roquan smith left the building never won again this is a team that allowed more than 400 yards per game in a 10 game losing streak to finish the season if you're one of the leaders of that group you better make your presence felt every single day eddie has the uh, maturity as a veteran now he has the the confidence now and obviously the biggest piece of the puzzle right now the health to do those things on a daily basis and so i think he's really eager um, to put his fingerprints all over the 2023 defense. Hopefully those are our fingerprints that push this team 
back in a winning direction. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Big picture, and even though Patrick Finley might be writing about it, he's (laughs) writing about it because everybody understands what's going on in the division. It's unmistakable. The Packers moving on without Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings win 13 games and apparently are hitting reset up in Minneapolis. The Lions are the trendy pick, but they remain the Detroit Lions. So... As the Bears gather for the first mandatory minicamp, I I do wonder, despite losing 14 games, despite coming off a historically bad season, what's the level of confidence or optimism at Hallis Hall as they kind of begin preparation for a season that really it's it's difficult to say what direction is headed, but I think people feel is that there seems to be an odd buzz about the Bears. <laughs> well, it's a curiosity, and it's an understandable June buzz because we know it can't get any worse than it was last year. We know they've made additions that should make a difference. I think this question is is better entertained two months from now on August 13th when we've had a sure. few weeks of training camp and we start to, to kind of feel this thing come together a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm not ready to, to reset my expectations. It still looks like a, a, a six win, seven win roster to me. You're going to have to have some notable breakthroughs at a higher level to for me to come off that and to change that. Um, but the division being as open as it is, I think uh, allows you the license to dream a little bit and, and the opportunity to, to, to let your mind wander and think, what if, um, you know, look, like I, I think you're probably in agreement that, that the division is open, but if you were handicapping it right now, the bears would still probably be your third or fourth team on that list. Well, no doubt about it. And, and I think it has less to do. I feel like we're having a conversation or I feel like I asked the question and again, we're, we're the context we're in June. Yeah. This is baseball season. And and I spend every morning talking about the Cubs and the White Sox who are stuck in divisions that yeah. stink. And the whole premise for them having hope that they're going to make things interesting this year is that they're in bad divisions and everything has come back to them. I think by the same token, I'm, I'm struck by what the Vikings are doing. Delvin Cook, gone. Right. Adam Thielen, gone. Eric Kendricks, gone. Daniil Hunter holding out. Who's left? And I think when you talk about what the Vikings could be next year, and as I said, what the Packers, the, the curiosity about them, I understand that people getting worse can be the basis for you feeling like you're getting better. Because no we doubt. see it in Chicago baseball, that's the dynamic all season long, and I feel like it's happening at Hallis Hall too. Well, it, that's a good reference point because it can trick you also, and it can trick you into thinking you're further along in your progress report than you actually are, and you can't fall for that. I think ultimately really good teams understand that they don't have to worry about the division. The Bears aren't there yet. Um, you know, The Vikings clearly are doing what the Bears didn't do 
um, in 2020 and really to, to a large extent in 2021, which is hitting the reset button when they felt it was time to hit the reset button. The Bears tried to hang on a little bit longer than they should have and then had to do the full detonation and reset everything. You know, And so there is a, a calculated chess game that needs to be played with rosters and the way you go about things. Um, but look, like if you can find hope that creates energy, I'm all for it. You know, if you if you look at the division as being wide open and that can be a little carrot that you can chase, then go for it because it, it, it can push you in a direction where you can catch a little bit of a, of a hot streak. And that hot streak can then increase the belief and the belief can then increase the, 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 the ability to win games late, as we've talked about for a long time. And so um, all this stuff is going to be fluid. It's all going to be evolving. You know, we'll know in mid-October how real the, the Lions are. We'll know in mid-October what Jordan Love looks like in Green Bay. We'll know if the Vikings are uh, spiraling downward. And and we'll know if the Bears are, are ahead of schedule or not. But uh, for right now, you, you obviously take every bit of energy and hope you can find and, and you cling to it and you use it as fuel wherever you can use it. Okay, last couple things before we get out of here. So what other aspects of Matt Eberflus's talk at the podium stood out to you? Anything that we didn't cover that uh, he might have addressed? Yeah, you know, I, I think Matt understands where they are in the offseason program right now. I think there's a lot of people in this building that that know that they're checking all the right boxes through the offseason program and that the real heavy lifting and the real hard work and the real meaningful progress will start when training camp opens that last week of July. Um, you're going to have 40 days between the end of minicamp this week and the report date of training camp. That's going to be a period for everybody to get away and refresh. And particularly these guys that we're talking about, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Jack Sanborn, those guys got to get themselves healthy and ready to go. Um, and when they check into training camp, I, there is there is definitely a buzz in this building that, that it's not going to be, a, OK, let's ease into things. It's going to be let's go because we know how much ground we have to make up and we've got to go right now. Last thing I have, because this is an offseason that is sort of parallel tracks, the on-the-field on stuff and the off-the-field stuff, uh, the Waukegan mayor, Ann Taylor, <laughs> uh, decided to enter the fray. And I think that when she talked, she wrote a letter to Kevin Warren uh, about the parcels of land, the lakefront property. Waukegan now wants a seat at the table, would like to have a meeting with the Bears moving forward, joining uh, Naperville and obviously Arlington Heights. I think it, it's only a matter of time. Rockford has entered the fray. How serious should we take the letter from the Waukegan mayor about the Bears possibility of exploring that a stadium there? You ever been to a, a benefit or a fundraiser and, and you walk around the, the silent auction items and, and you, you scribble your name down on one of the top two lines on an item that you know you have no time. chance of getting? Yeah. That's, what that, that's what this is to me, right? Okay. It's like, I'm going to bid $75 for an item I know is going to go for $1,400 by the end of the night. You know, like, I'm going to scribble my name on just so I can see that my name's on that list. I, I, I don't read much more into it than that. Obviously, there's a long way to go here. There's a lot of uh, a lot of games being played and a lot of things that, that need to be sorted through. But but again, you know, as we talked about on previous episodes, the Bears own a property in Arlington Heights that they paid $197 million for. They have the um, right and the willingness to go out and explore to make sure they're doing the right things. But right now, I don't really put anybody else in a, in a um, challenger role you know, even with the second meeting in Naperville until there, there is actual property that's being discussed until there's, there's, there's a, a bullet pointed list of steps that can get done to make that a reality. Otherwise uh, there's just going to be a lot of these things that we monitor without taking super seriously. I agree with that. Arlington Heights is still to me, the place where they will eventually end up. This is how the sausage is made the process that they have to go through. But if we're doing take the North power rankings, <laughs> as far as possibilities, Arlington Heights is number one. 
I might concede and be willing to go Waukegan number two. Only because of the lakefront proximity, only because the proximity to Lake Forest, where the Bears headquarters is, and also logistically a little bit easier to get to and navigate than Naperville. I think that to me, if this is serious and they do sit down with Waukegan Mayor Ann Taylor, I do think that on the Take the North Power Rankings in terms of possible future home sites of the Bears, Waukegan would nudge ahead of Naperville. We'll see where Rockford falls, probably outside the top five. Yeah, and you got to think about this. You're trying to serve, you know, Bears fans of all kinds, you know, but you're also going to have to drum up a lot of public support to get anything off the ground. And I don't know that anybody is um, lining up to, to, to have the Bears playing in Waukegan at this point. You know, and so we'll see. We'll see how it shapes up again. Like everybody gonna, better be. There's, there's going to be in. a casino there. There's going to be a sports <laughs> book there. And, and you wonder, you wonder about the marriage between the two. I'm just saying, if they're they're a dark horse candidate right now, moving up the power rankings quickly for whatever that's worth. We, we need studs to put together a uh, either a weekly or monthly graphic of your of your stadium power rankings, and and we'll continue to update that because we got a long way to go to the finish line. And once we get there, your power rankings will be our our compass on how to get to the end of this thing. And we've got a long way to go to get at the end of minicamp, and that will be at the end of this week when we will have another podcast about the progress or whatever's going on, whatever we see in the next couple practices. Anything else, Dan, before we get out of here? Yeah, we should hear from Justin Fields before the week is up. Obviously, he will head into his summer vacation here at the end of the week. It'll be interesting to get one more uh, little session with him to figure out what what he's thinking about and how he feels about the way things are coming together. Uh, Justin Jones was the latest person to highlight the uh, Justin Fields to – DJ Moore connection and, and really laud it in a way that that is turning heads here in Lake Forest. And so there, there's no limit to the number of endorsements that have been put out for the fields to more connection. We'll continue to watch that evolve. And, and another two days of practice. Hopefully we get a little nicer weather, get back outside on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we'll wrap up this offseason by the end of the week. Looking forward to that. And we'll be here to talk about what Justin Fields has to say and how he looks on the Take the North podcast. Download, listen, and subscribe. You can find us on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You can watch us on the 670 The Scores YouTube page, and we'll be back later in the week. For Dan Wiederer and Adam Studzinski, I'm David Hoff on the Mullion Hall Show. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast. Great talk. See you out there.